Kevin Gallagher, what a player. Unconventional start to the podcast. Off, off to a bad off, start. Oh my. Here's the thing, I'm going to say something. Is this what they call a hot take? If I'm interpreting stats correctly, we should win 9.25-0 on Saturday. Good, bad, indifferent. What are your feelings on the transfer window? I have found my right back. El Hamid is my right back. He is the right back. El Hamed, Ayer, Julien and Bongoli. You would put that down as probably your first... Well, I think you would put it down as your first choice. Morales versus Eduard, which is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, you say that but as if there is a contest. Yeah, you've got, you've got to keep things you know, moving. You know, you can't flog a gimmick forever. For all our patrons, genuinely, for um, subscribing. Days like this make me thankful that you are here. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. My name is Louis McCaffrey. This is the... Premier Repetitive Shite Patter Podcast. Um, I'd like to introduce my, to my left, he's the most handsome member of the 90 Minute Cynic, by a country mile. That's very kind. No bowed, it's not you. It's, what? Uh, it's Stuart Duggan. Hi there, thanks for having me on your show, Louis, I appreciate that. To be honest, it's a pleasure. Um, bowed, bowed with the beard. Bowed with the beard. It's going it's to go soon. We're near, we're near See, tipping I prefer, point. I prefer bowed with the beard as, a, as opposed to bowed without. Um, yeah, he does anyway, doesn't look great, sorry. But anyway, and uh, yep, the, the voice that you've just heard there, getting his wee bit in before I introduced him, it's uh, Christopher Gallo. Hi, everyone. Great. So, um, Chris, I believe you've got something you want to get off of your hairy chest. I just want to promote uh, the Cherry Wave are the band that do our intro music for this podcast and for all the Patreon stuff. And they've got a new single out called Reverse Hisako, um, which is fantastic. I've listened to it a number of times. They've got a new album coming out in October called Sol Asta, um, and it's recorded by Paul Savage. Lovely man. Lovely man. Uh Recorded stuff with Mogwai, Aerogram. Me and Bowd were at Aerogram's last gig. I'm sure Bowd doesn't remember. Take your word for that. But we were. Uh, Twilight Sad and stuff. Um, Cherry Wave are a fantastic band. You know you know the guys? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know Ryan. Yeah. I don't know the band that well. Well, I know, I've, I've heard the single, actually. The single's very good. Yeah. Really uh, but good. I know Ryan. Yeah, so uh, check check out Cherry Wave. They're on uh, Bandcamp, they're on Spotify, and we'll probably do a little bit more promotion as and when, because we like to promote Celtic guys doing Celtic Kings and also other stuff that involves music. And there's no better promotion than self-promotion, Christopher. So um, just if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the 90 Minutes Cynic Patreon. For a very small fee, you get loads of really good stuff, and you hear a lot of Chris, and you hear a lot of Stuart. Sometimes, yeah. Sounding really excited about that. Are you okay, Louis? You genuinely I'm, seem sad. I'm fine. I'm fine. iTunes, though. Yeah, 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 iTunes, yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, that's where, where most people are. Um, if you could leave a five-star review, you know, that's really for me, and, and the likes of some <laughs> Annie and the, the Plankton. Um, yeah. And the website, the website's good. Nightmanacynic.com. Yep. yep, there's lots of different things on it. There was some really good articles and an analytical breakdown of the Glasgow Derby. There's been some really my favourite games and stuff and true or false. And there's the wee columnist bit and you go to that and you see everybody's wee picture on the wee bio. Yeah. It's quite cool. It's yes. nice. You write something for the, the website and then we'll give you a wee bio on the website, sure. I'll, I'll stick that on my to-do list. <laughs> oh dear. So, speaking of to-do lists, let's, let's get straight to the, the football. Celtic came back from international duty. Um, How did they do during international duty? Yeah, they done well. Yeah. They done well. Uh, undefeated. Beautiful. Yep. Um, 
So we played Hamilton at the weekend, first game back. Uh, we won comprehensively <coughs> oh. in scoreline. Uh, so it was 1-0 Celtic um, against Hamilton away. Uh, the lineup, the lineup was Fraser Foster in goal, El Hamid right back, um, of course. Uh, Christopher Ayer, Julian Bolingoli, Cal McGregor, Scott Brown, James Forrest, Ryan Christie, Ella Lanusi, and Edward up front. Stu, strongest eleven possible? Uh, I'd say so. <clears throat> I think that bringing in a player like Ella Lanusi is a bit of a coup for us, uh, and I think he needs to get games. And it's nice having Ayer back. I think that's the back four that everyone would probably be in agreement. It would be our strongest, given that Ball and Golly and your right back have started playing very well. Uh, so I think that's the strongest eleven. First, first time I, th- I think I'm right in saying first time I and Julian have started a game. I think they'd pr- possibly played uh, Se- second half yeah. of a game. Certainly at centre half together. Yeah. I think maybe yeah. when Ayer's yeah. been playing right back, Julian's been in, but not yeah. like that. And uh, of course they're going to take they're going to take a bit of time to get used to each other. But you, we would imagine that that will be a centre half pairing going forward. Um, what did you think about the game, Bout? I it was it was a troll watching to be mm-hmm. honest. Uh, Apart for the first 20 minutes, Dirk yeah. Richter was, you know, oh. sensational. It was incredible. Um, but I, I was actually working, so I recorded it, watching it, knowing the dross. And it was hard. It was hard. Oh, you watched the back after knowing yeah. how bad it was? But, uh, no, it was, we came, as you say, after the international break, you're shaking off a bit of rust, you're going to a plastic pitch. Um, Hamilton, we expect to win, but it's never... Never that easy. Um, so I think you're, you're happy with the result, and we move on. We do. We move on. Um, Christopher, the the goal came um, very early in the opening, kind of five ten minutes. Um, Ella Larusi setting up, yeah, um, setting up for James Forrest at the near post. Um, when that first goal goes in, you kind of think it's probably going to be a route. The way we started the game was was very positive. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we started really well first. I'd say we. First 20, 25 minutes, we played some really scintillating football at times. In the conditions, uh, the conditions being the fact that Hamilton literally had 10 men in the box at points. Um, mostly nine men they had in the box. Yeah, then. okay, I'm, I'm, I am exaggerating. They mostly had nine men in the box. Um, but I think if you look at how uh, just 25 minutes, 25 minutes to 30 minutes, I thought we played really well, but then... The conditions started to get to them. Frustration come, kind of comes in, and you start thinking to yourself, "Let's just get the points in the bag here." At that point, um, Elianusi switching wings was interesting. Forrest he switched, he switched wings pretty much immediately after the goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, and we know that's a tactic that Lennon likes to do, and he, he's done it for years. But was it was it needed? He's finding his feet. Um, you know, he's he's playing in a team where he's he's only been around for a, for a week or so. Most of the players have been international duty, so he's finding his feet. He's finding out what works for him. He's finding out trying to create. We talked about it on on Monday about the, this idea of you know parts of the pitch where you're creating partnerships. So he needs to find out who he's going to work with, how he's going to work, and what his, his best position is because he's not played for a while as well. He's only what. 10 games last season? He didn't feature a lot for Southampton after Hughes left. Um, I think that... What's the, what's the name of your man? The 
scan the guy that's working, Ian Birchnow. Birchnow. Ian, Ian Birchnow. Yeah, yeah, he was saying that um, he'd basically kind of maybe a slight difference of philosophy between Hughes and Hasenhutl. Ralph Hasenhutl, uh, when he came in and he kind of got lost a wee bit in the shuffle, as can happen with new signings. So he has a little bit shorter football. Uh, I suppose the other kind of drawback with doing your business really late in the window or last couple of days is that they do have less time to sort of bed in. The season's up and running. There's no sort of free games uh, anymore. But in that regard, I think it's really good to just get the three points and be done with that and yeah. chalk up to experience. I, th- I think one of his biggest um, kind of... Uh, the biggest uh, positives of what his game is is his ability to run in behind. You're not going to have that at Hamilton. You might have it on Thursday. I'm sure we can, mm-hmm. we'll touch on that, but... Um, Elian Nussi is a player that I think likes to have you know the pitch in front of him and have space to play in behind. McGregor will feed him, uh, you know, in Cham or Rodjick or Christie will feed him. Fantastic opportunity for for him on the left hand side. But Hamlin's not a game that you're really going to judge anybody. I thought the the first twenty minutes is well, really the first kind of five six minutes. Before the goal came, I thought um, Ball and Golly, Edward and Ella Linusi looked really, really good linking up together yeah. on, on that left-hand side. Um, Bowd, pretend for a second that I didn't see the game. Okay. How was uh, Ball and Golly? Ball was, and Golly watch? Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought Ball and Golly did what he had to do. I, I He didn't... He didn't over excite me. I think, I think the entire team, when it comes to the second half, became just a bit. It was a bit of a non- nothing game, really. But um, there were some exciting bursts, uh, especially in the first half. And again, we just. I think the the main thing we seen was the the attacking prowess he's got, and it, it could be quite exciting watching him link up, whether it's with Moy, whether it's with Johnston. Um, I like the Moy. I like you calling him his nickname. Nice. That's, that's expert mates. Um, but I, we didn't, we didn't get to, and we're wanting to see a wee bit more of how good he can be when he has to defend. And we didn't get a huge amount against uh, that against Hamilton. Although he did actually scare us a few times in the second half. But, but I think, I think there's a there's a more of a confidence or less of a panic probably among the Celtic support now with Ball and Golly. Obviously, put in a couple of. Better performances before the international break. I think defensively he's shown that he's he's capable. Um, where maybe people were more worried about him getting caught, being further up the pitch, getting caught out of position, and then not being able to defend. But it looks as if he's he's getting there and he's coming on to a bit of a game. I, I think he's terrific. I think he, I think we all jump to um, judge him far too quickly, which is something I think I think we all do as fans. You want players to come in and instantly hit the ground running, and when there's any bump. <coughs> In the road, specifically with defenders. I mean, if you're yeah. if you've got a striker who doesn't score a goal, okay, you know, and you win the game one nil, two nil, it's fine. But when a defender makes, you know, has a couple of bad moments within a game, it can lead to goals. I think that's the biggest problem. Bolly coming in replacing KT, essentially, there was always going to be yeah. that extra. Massive. Yeah, it's, it's not so much just that pressure. I think it's the fact that he was the only left back, so he's obviously yeah a lot more pressure. Not only in terms of how he has to go about his kind of bedding into the team, but every kind of mistake or every kind of missed pass, it's like people are taking out the frustrations at the board on him, essentially, where they're yeah. like, it's not Bolingoli's fault that they didn't plan to have left-back cover when he, by yeah. the time he'd come in, you know? And, yeah. and the, the thing is, I think people 
people are very quick to, or, or people don't give much credence to the fact that these professional footballers are just human beings who are suddenly coming to a brand new country they've maybe never even visited before. They've got the whole, yeah, you know, off exactly. the field stuff of trying to get a new house and move their family and all that sort of stuff. It, it maybe does take players longer to settle in to the point where they can actually produce their best on the pitch. Can I give a quick <coughs> anecdote on that? Yes, please. It's quite interesting. Um, I was reading a book... You'll be the um, judge of that. From your plane days? Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's called How England Lo- Why England Lose. Uh, it's a really interesting book, uh, and you've you've piqued my interest. Um, uh, and it, basically, what it does is it talks about kind of the kind of gro- growth of the uh, EPL as becoming like this Goliath, um, and how essentially that when Didier Drogba signed for Chelsea, so he signed for Chelsea, and uh, he gets off the plane. There's a chauffeur that takes him to Stamford Bridge. Gets off the gets out the the, the Stamford Bridge thing. Signs his contract, comes in for a press conference, it's all, all been arranged. So he's sitting there with Jose Mourinho, and Jose Mourinho is like, yeah, terrific, brilliant. Uh, signs his deal, answers the questions. Everyone disperses. Mourinho says, I'll see you in training uh, tomorrow, 11.30. Great, see you then. He walks out the front of Stamford Bridge, can't speak English, has no money, and just starts walking down the road because no one said anything to him. Um, and then it just so happens that uh, I think it was uh, defensive midfielder, fantastic for Chelsea. McAuley. McAuley happened to bump into him and say, like speaking to him obviously in French, and he's like, thank fuck I saw you. I have no idea where I'm going or what I'm doing. That incident caused Chelsea to completely revolutionise how they take... So when a player arrives, essentially, they take care of everything, they take care of... They get your house, they get your kids in school, they basically, from the start... Because that stress drugged out, yeah. and they realise that players are human beings, and essentially that... They, if you can alle- alleviate as much pressure as you can, then you'll get the best out of them. That's a brilliant anecdote. That's a good anecdote. I really yeah, thought yeah. you were going to be the one to approach Drogba on the street. I'm a bit disappointed <laughs> it was Cl- Big Claude himself. Um... One one thing about the you know the game as as Boud mentioned was the fact that you know we started brightly we looked we looked good in the kind of opening maybe twenty twenty five minutes as Chris said Jim Bag um, fantastic Jim, thank you. Jim yeah, Bag thank, thank you Boud um, <laughs> but as the certainly the second half came it became a bit more turgid and it got to the point where you just wanted the final whistle to come and, and take the points you know I, I think everybody is quite quick and pr- probably rightly as well to say. It's the pitch, you know. The pitch is horrible and all that sort of stuff. But do we do we use that as an excuse for mediocre performances too much? I mean, it's it's an astroturf pitch. It's not red ash. Should we be better on a pitch like that when we we should be used to it by now? It's got a real pang of nostalgia when you mentioned the red, <laughs> red ash pitch. pitch. Almost almost brought a tear to my eye. Um, I think that. You know, you can say it's an excuse, but it's, it really doesn't suit Celtic's style of play. And Hamilton are still in this league for a reason. Oh, yeah, that, that as well. I think that Celtic can change their style of play. For example, the way that they played at Ibrox is a very different style of play than perhaps they'd shown initially in the season when they weren't just going to go and try and outscore them and they were very disciplined defensively and etc. You know, they, they did change their tact. I think that going to a place like Hamilton or going and playing on these pitches, you can't really expect to pass teams off the pitch in the way that you would on a better grass surface. Yeah. And I don't think that Celtic should be 
I don't think it's conducive to a good performance to be like, right, we're playing in this pitch, it's shite. Let's just play a long ball today. We'll just hump it up to the centre and try and But do see it. if we did though, if we did, surely because for the fact, the simple fact that we've got better players than, than they do, then, surely yeah. we would be, you know, that would be more conducive to scoring more goals because we've got better players and you're keeping the ball off. You know, why not change the style so dramatically when you go and play in a pitch like that? If the pitch is the problem and it hinders you from playing the game that you want to play, why don't we just get out of the way and whip balls into the box constantly for 90 minutes? I mean, you, you could do that, but I think that... that is there big, bio, big bio would get true, in, yeah. getting the end of it. Well, it's, it's they, good. They, that, sorry to jump in, but they, they, they points had 10 men in the yeah. box. It's, I it's, don't think... It, the more you put in the box... It's not going to make much of a difference. Yeah. You can you can cram it as much as you want, but these guys are really really well drilled at knowing the positions and Mark. Hamilton to me is just a case of I don't care. It could be Carlo Ancelotti managing the team with the AC Milan team of two thousand and six. You go there and you win. Yeah, I, New Douglas Park and is not a place where who gives a shit how we play. Let's just win there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, sorry, about just going to say it's. I mean, it is important to think tactically about who you're playing, but. You don't want to get to the point where we're changing our tactics against every team in the league. <laughs> Hamilton really aren't a team who should make us drastically but then, but then change that, that, that was one thing that was discussed on uh, a Patreon episode after yeah. the, the old firm game. I can't remember. I don't Glasgow, think it Derby. Was the, Glasgow Derby. Sorry, I, I will they slap died. myself they died. in the face after the podcast. Um, I don't know if it was the reaction podcast or the analysis, but I think um, our esteemed colleague, uh, Mr. Edgar, was talking about that, um, that he was making the comparison with American football and that they, you know, their tactics for each game differ depending on the opposition. Maybe that's something that we should be doing more often. I mean, maybe, you know, if we're going to the likes of, of Kilmarnock and we're going to Hamilton, then maybe we should be changing up a bit and playing more players that suit that particular style. I mean, the likes of Bio, I know he, he came on at the weekend. Maybe if he'd started and we're getting more balls into the box, which he seems to kind of eat up, then, you know, I think you're, 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 you're also giving a player <clears throat> that doesn't play so much a, a, a chance. You'd expect some changes to tactics, and, and, and we're going to know about individual players and individual systems, but ultimately, I think to get the best out of players, they want to be playing a fairly similar way they want a consistency throughout their season. Yeah. So there will be games I where you I don't, care what, I don't care what they want. They'll, they'll do what the manager says. Essentially, yeah, if, but if, if you want them to do it as well as possible, aye, and, you'll and, listen to me <laughs> and you'll do what I say. Yeah. No, the, the point being is the best managers will have files on how players play. They'll have scout reports. Mm -hmm. They'll watch all the game. Uh, for me, no, no two teams will play the same. They might have similar tactics and stuff. So I don't think it's too much to ask a professional footballer to change how they're going to play game to game. And I don't think it's I, I don't think it's too much to ask a manager to come up with essentially a new set of tactics for every game because that's what we're playing them for. I was just going to say that I think if you if you take the example of like playing a long ball or playing lots of crosses into Bayou. I think that that somewhat plays into Hamilton's hands and I think that yeah. you run the risk of getting dragged into the sort of game that they want to play, not the sort of game that we, we want, want to, to play, play yeah. whereby it become. I mean, they already tried to impose, they were really dirty, horrible, lot, horrible, lot horrible challenges and towards the end you saw like Brown kind of getting dragged into it because it had turned into that kind of quite scrappy game and that's what they want. I think that going and trying to control the ball <clears throat> is, is a better uh, outlook 
than just getting involved in like loads as you say they're well drilled high balls and all that that's that's what they want that's they're, their, they're, they're really well drilled yeah. at tactical fouls do you, th- do you think if obviously we we did have the, the we had the Glasgow derby and we, we won that and you know the emotion of the of that occasion and everybody was on a high after that um, and we had the international break which I think came at a good time perfect for, for us um, just but wish coming, McGregor hadn't played so many games but yeah, yeah. coming back from it though um, it was, you know, I, I was feeling quite, I don't know about the players, but I was feeling quite refreshed and ready to go again. <laughs> That's um, good. Good, That's good to exactly. hear. I'm happy with that. Um, but I think we, could, we, we possibly, I don't know what you think, but I think we maybe missed an opportunity to really continue the momentum. A lot of the time with teams, when they go in the international break, it can break up momentum. Um, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons, depending on how you finished. But... I kind of felt like the way the game went and the fact that it did become so turgid, we maybe we just wanted to get through it and it kind of ended up breaking up a wee bit of the momentum that we had. Do you think that's there's something in that? I, I think there's, again, I think it comes... So for me personally, I think, and I mentioned this on the the kind of agenda because we kind of focused on just returning to uh, after international breaks Essentially, the game after a Glasgow derby, you need to win it Win it for one of two reasons. You need to win it because you want to stay on the front foot because you've beaten your opponent, Celtic or Rangers, and essentially, or essentially you've lost, so you need to get back into it. So I really don't think the performance in, at Hamilton matters. I think, I think everyone's going to struggle there. I think Rangers will drop points there this season. I'll, I'll put put some money on that. I'll stake my reputation. I won't stake my reputation on it. But I think if you saw how Rangers performed, uh, they were crap as well. You know, yeah. and I, I don't think we were crap. I think I think Celtic were fine. I think Celtic did what they had to do. Um, I've, I, I, it's almost like. I don't know if you've ever been playing a video game like a Pro Ev or FIFA, and you score an early goal, and you think to yourself, "Right here we go, I'm going to, I'm going to," and you don't, and you know it's not a great comparison, but you know you th- you score an early goal, and you think to yourself, "I'm going to end up winning five or six here," and the opposition just kind of bed in, and you know, I I, th- I think the Hamilton game for me is just a tick pass on. Now, if that was if that was Petodji, I'd I'd be less happy. Because I think we need to put a marker when we go to places like Batodri or Tynecastle or Easter Road, obviously, or Ibrox as well. I think we need to show them how football's played. Um, but places like even Rugby Park, it's such a honking, honking pitch. Let's just go and win. I think momentum is measured in wins, not in performances. Yeah. And I think getting the five wins out of five, I was surprised by that statistic that that's the best, that they've, that's the first time they've done that in... Probably since like Neil, maybe. I yeah. think. Yeah. I think that is. I think that's what it is. And so you have. I don't think that come Thursday anyone's going to be going. Oh, well, they didn't play well in the weekend, so I'm, I'm more nervous about this game. I think it is just a box ticking exercise. And I think once you move like a week or two past, no one's going to be talking about that Hamilton game. No, not at all. It's it's just you know it's one of these ones where I think you know the other side of the the city are obviously going to be trying to build up the momentum and I think from our point of view if we had gone out I think you'd said in the WhatsApp group Chris about you know if we thump Hamilton then Thursday would take care of itself and it's just it's that type of thing you want to keep the kind of good feeling going and, and you know uh, I get keep, I get what you're, I, I get what you're saying but. It doesn't always translate. The better team doesn't always, you know, 
we, we've seen it plenty of times where... You can't play people off the park every game. No, you can't. And, and I would have preferred, in all honesty, if if we'd scored a couple of goals early and then taken off McGregor. When you're talking yeah, about the, that performance and how you would have felt if it was away at, like at Pitodri or something, it would be much worse if it was at Celtic Park and they played like that. Yeah. So I don't think there's much finish. I think it was more of a job done and you move on. Yeah. And I was just going to say, I mean, you'll go into it a lot more in the analysis available on 90minutesinic.com Patreon. That's the wrong way around, <laughs> but you can figure that out. Yeah. You did well about um, Good plug. But we had 73% possession and we had two shots on target. That, to me, is madness. I can let you into a little XG stat. Ooh. Um, the XG was one point something in the first 20 minutes. XG what? I don't know. You, you can let us into half, half a stat. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was on the wall. So essentially, the first 20 minutes, we had XG of 1.4 or something. let's say, and then the rest of the match, it will... I kind of play, it tapered zero. off. No, I don't, I don't give it zero, but it tapered off. We'll yeah. go through it in the analysis. But yeah. It's a flat line. Yeah, it means nothing. Um, <laughs> so, Bode, man of the match? Uh, for me, it was Jimmy Forrest. Yes, Jamba! 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 Right. Um, great, great wee goal. It, he looked dangerous throughout. Um, yeah, Good I don't, hair, I don't think there was any standout fantastic performances, but I think Jim Bag did enough. Stu? Yeah, I'd say Forrest. It's great how uh, reliable he is. And if we are going to have games like that, you can almost always count on him popping up and doing something. Obviously, it was great that he got the early goal and then it tapered off. Whereas if you have you know bland games, you can more often than not rely on him being a match winner. And that's really exciting. A lot of people, a lot of attention this season will be on Edward and Elenusi and Johnson. All these players that are breaking into the team are showing great development. But having someone that's like a stalwart of that team that knows what it's all about and is playing at a really high level is brilliant. He deserves all the praise that he's getting. She, uh, what I would say is, uh, I probably agree with these guys that um, I think essentially who was the difference maker. I think the difference maker was Forrest because he scored the goal and he he did well. However, I don't, and you're going to hate this. Uh, I thought Scott Brown did a lot of really good work covering. Uh, I thought Mac- I thought McGregor was off. Um, yeah, McGregor looked tired. I and really yeah, and, and yeah, that's not criticism of McGregor because <clears throat> yeah. the guy's played 45 billion hours of football. This could have been a game to have in Chamon instead of McGregor. See, see the thing with uh, McGregor playing at the internationals, he wasn't just playing in two international games. He was getting scudded <laughs> off like Belgium <laughs> and like Kevin De Bruyne yeah. at the moment is probably the best player in the world. Yeah. So... So yeah, that's so a hot ta- take. It's, ta- it's, ta- right. it's taken off. It's not just taken off a lot of physical, uh, you know, endeavor. It's taken off a lot of mental kind of. It's mental pain going it's, and on a football pitch and it, getting scudded. It's draining enough watching Scotland, let alone playing for them. Yeah. But I thought, I thought it's Brown, the mental fatigue's probably the, that, that. That's the biggest thing for these guys. I mean, th- yeah. physically they can re- recover in, in a matter of days because they're so used to it. But I know, but McGregor that, needs a rest mentally as well. But I, I, I think, I think you're 100 percent right with that. But McGregor does. How long is it before McGregor physically will start to, you know, show yeah. wear and tear? Yeah. And we need to watch that because he's he's a prized asset essentially in in, in terms of the Scottish contingent. Yeah. So I mean, you, you've you've all said uh, Forrest is your man of the match. You're all completely wrong, of course, because the man of the match was Tom Rogic, oh, who um, come on. who came back to grace us all with his presence. Come on, Louis. He um, come on. Abseiled like a military <laughs> man at Ibrox. <laughs> 
down onto the pitch with the ball. Do we want that comparison? I don't imagine that. It was glued to his feet and he never let go of it. He was sensational. It's loved. Um, I probably would have given Gogic man of the match. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I'm going to... Gogic and Gogic. Gogic? Gogic. That's great. Why didn't I think of that years ago? No, that's the the Hamilton player. Gogic, though, is good. You can use that. I'm allowing you that. That's Ah. yours now. Take that. Because it's going to look really silly at the end of the season when he's pish. Gogic no. in his four hands. Um, it's exciting to see Rogic come back. He didn't really do very much, but... He lost the ball a couple of times, which yep. was great. Um, he also found it a couple of times. But yeah, but it's, it's all about balance, guys. A lot of people have uh, written him off last season because last season was poor for him. But Of course it was, yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see. You can still. Oh, Rodic's got a massive. I mean, we joking all that, but Ross, Rodic's a brilliant player. He's, 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 got, he's got an important role to play, but he does he does have a battle to get into that oh, position right. because uh, the way that Encham has started this 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 season has been exceptional. And I know we've only had sub appearances from him, yeah. but essentially, what you're, you're you can you're not going to drop Brown, you're not going to drop McGregor, well, and you're not going to drop Christie. The the thing though we've we've talked about is that both McGregor and Brown need rests, and Encham and Christie, as much as you might think they're best in that number 10 position both can drop back Christie's not best we need, Christie is not I, a number 10 I, 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 yeah, well I, that, that's that, even better so you've got and Cham is you've got a very strong first team there but we, we don't have a huge life. amount of day, so. but you've got you've got three three central midfield positions and you've got five quality players that can play in those three positions that's what you want Brown, Christie, McGregor Rogic and Encham. I, I, I genuinely can't think of a time in, rec- in recent memory where we've had such strong options. Donati, Donati Crossass, Flood. Wow. These names. Um, <laughs> Johansson. So, I mean, yeah, I obviously, Christie has done, has done great. He's done great things. And he'll have a great role to play off the bench going forward. <laughs> Rogic offers you something different from all of them as well. Speaking of match winners and technique. when teams are sitting in, finesse. well, technique and finesse, there probably isn't a better yeah. te- and technical player in the team than... You said tit there, unintentionally. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> Intentionally. I just mean that when you come up against teams, for example, if we hadn't got that early goal and we were in the ascendancy, but just like, it doesn't look like we're going to score, Tam Ragic can pick the, pick the lock. He yeah. never... Was great at coming on as a sub though. He is he's more. Crap, he's, he's, crap, he's a starter, so obviously he wouldn't have been fit yesterday. But I think yesterday would have been a great game to play. Rogic you know, instead of one of those. Do you know the genuinely the fantastic thing about that number ten spot? If you if you say that your three options for that number ten spot are Christie and Cham and Rogic, right? We've got a sixty game season. We're going to need them all. The three of those guys have all had issues with injuries over the last two or three years so they're probably not going to stay fit the whole season um but the, the three of them are so different they're so different in so many ways and i think that's what's really fucking great the fact is they've got three complete we've got three completely different options that can mix up and potentially mid- arzani as well a midfield three today, yeah. a midfield three of brown mcgregor and christie Stu, does that lack creativity is there an issue there that we need someone? Maybe in the games where we're playing, possibly in Europe, when we need to harry the opposition, we need to press people, then those three options are great. But when we are dominating games, is there a lack of that creative spark? 
I think it's a different type of creativity that some someone like Rogic offers you over a Christie. I think that Christie will create chances just with his work rate and with tirelessly winning the ball back and sort of small intricate passes. He also creates a lot for himself. He does, yeah. Whereas um, maybe Rogic doesn't. Whereas <laughs> Rogic, yeah, is more inclined to just uh, you know quickly get the ball out from under his feet and shoot and score. A or, midfield, or a midfield of Christie and Cham and Rogic. I is that would, too creative? We'd get overrun with that's like having just three artists staring at this canvas and nobody and they're like, ah, the fucking balls what, away. What, what, happens, what happens if they start painting? Oh my god! <sighs> Think about this for a second, right? Oh, here we go. Fuck this is just going to be the midfield. <laughs> We're just going <laughs> to fuck the rest of the positions because they don't matter. No, right? agreed. So McGregor at the bottom of the diamond. Yep. Okay, we're playing a diamond, by the way. McGregor at the bottom. Okay, in Cham, Christie either side, Tam up top, Brown. He's on the plane. What do you think? Diamond? I don't know how many defenders that allows us to field. It doesn't matter. Sure. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if we play, you should be scoring so many goals. If, if, we play, if we played, just listen, just for one or two games, just as an Suspend experiment. Suspend all Three at the back. You get your three at the back. You get your Julian. You Who even cares for the other? Nah, it doesn't matter. But then, then what you've got is you've got your five, right? And see your five. Just five guys. Just five guys. Play six then. Five guys. In fact, four, five, one. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Bout. Uh, and basically, use your diamond. Basically, use your diamond. Uh, I think we've it's got like a topic. lab, isn't it? It's like, it's like a laboratory, <laughs> but this, this is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much covered everything for the Hamilton game. Um, it is more or less just a game where, like, we kind of all felt it towards the end of it, we just kind of wanted to get the points and move on. I, I said this on the agenda, but I think that there's going to be a lot of games specifically in the run-up to the kind of festive period with these European games that drain are, are draining, but also you just have to be like, get the three points, don't care. Yeah, The yeah. game's coming back. The it's, how, it's how you win titles, sure. It's how you win titles. But, but on, on that though, um, see for example, <clears throat> so, and I know we'll touch on it in a moment, but like the Kamara game after Ren at Celtic Park is the perfect time to mix it up. Yes, it's the perfect time to rest McGregor. It's the perfect time to start Tam. It's the perfect time to give and Cham a go. I'm not saying complete wholesale changes, but key personnel, swap them out. We need to trust these guys. Do we? Do you trust in Cham and Rogic to to beat Kamarnik at home? I do. Plus, you're not being you know you're not being like ridiculous by rotating the squad. Yeah, we're not going to rotating cer- you know a certain caliber caliber of player, exactly, you know? and that's the good thing. You're not about bringing in your local Connells and expecting them to perform. Exactly, I think the the caveat with that as well is that it's at Celtic Park. So if you've got games like that, but see coming off a European game, if you have to go to Pretoria or something, that's when you're in a sort of similar situation to the. AIK and Rangers game back to back where sometimes you just have to get through it and maybe take the odds we change here or there but those games are just all about winning and uh, and I think that's what, what Saturday was an example of Absolutely, we are in a league um, it's not, not just about ourselves oh, right. um, So the rest of the results in the league um, so Hearts got beat uh, 3-2 off in Motherwell, they had fans literally trying to force their way into, into the stadium uh, during protests after the game, which was magnificent to watch. Um, the, magnificent to watch? Yeah, the dark side of, of life, um, won 3-1 against Livingston, but uh, one important um, moment in the game was the returning uh, Ryan Kent. Tearing his hamstring apart. He uh, he had to go off, Bout. Bout. 
He had to go off uh, because he he done his hammy. Uh, What's your thoughts? What was, was your immediate was, reaction? It was sadness. There was a little sadness. tear. There was a little tear there. And it's a little sad tear that just ran down, ran slowly down, and it ran all the way down my arm, and then it, it hit my my funny bone, and it, I burst out laughing Jeez. because the tear had tickled my funny bone, and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed that Rangers just spent seven million pounds on the mediocre Ryan Kent, who's now slightly broken. It's um, it's poetic justice, really, the fact that Stephen Gerrard spent so long complaining about um, Steve Clark making Ryan Jack run 11k <laughs> after the Glasgow derby, uh-huh. where they were obviously humiliated. And then he plays Ryan Kent after the guy not playing any first-team football since the last time he played for Rangers. And he had to go off with a pulled hamstring. Well, obviously, our deepest sympathies go to Ryan and his family. Uh, no, fuck him. Uh, yeah. What an absolute ready of a transfer. How the Scottish media have spun this. Uh, I think it was today. So, Odson Edward wins, uh, you know, player of the month for August as he dominates life semi daily. He didn't uh, win it, he took it. He took it, no, he decided he, w- he was going to win it. But what happened from that point of view is uh, the Daily Record then run with a headline that says, Ryan Kent is the world, God, Ryan Kent almost ruined my career. Um, Trent Arnold from uh, uh, Liverpool, um, one of the best right-backs in the world, says the worst player he ever played against was, uh, no, it wasn't even Ryan Kent, it was fucking Brandon Barker. So essentially, instead of... Uh, the, the the fluff that's coming from the mainstream media, like, you know, trying to push this idea that there's two fucking teams going for this league. Nonsense, Bout. Absolute it's, nonsense. It's a one-team league. Um, Kilmarnock won 2-0 against Hibs uh, at home. Ross County won 2-1 against St. Murn. And Aberdeen and St. Johnson drew one each at Pataudry. I was talking about it a little bit on the agenda, but I'm interested to see how Henderson's going to get on at Ross County. And I think that it's quite good with the getting players like Henderson into the league and that they will pretend he's the sort of player that could give Rangers difficulty. Ross County are not not completely flanked. I, I genuinely think he'll be the long-term success at the time. Could agree to that, I think yeah. he'll be the, yeah. the future number 10. Bold. I think Bold, he needs yeah. to develop a bit more physically. He's just a wee yeah. boy, yeah. but he's great. But we've seen it, I mean, Ayer is now the... Oh, Ayer and Christie, to be fair, the two of them are the shining examples of going on loan to other SP, or, you know, premiership teams and, you know, really taking advantage of that first-team football experience and, and making it count. So let's let's hope he can do it. Um, other other Celtic-related news, Darno Day is back as the under-18s coach with Stephen McManus moving up to the reserve team. Um, jobs for the boys, Christopher? Uh, not necessarily. You don't know that. Um, do you know what coaching? Do you know what coaching badges he's got? Yeah. What one? The football yeah, coach badge. Go. He's got a UEFA B license. Um, what one you got? Exactly. <laughs> Bowed. Um, he's, done, no, he's done wow. you. Then, How, uh, I was. Sometimes you just got to take it. He's done you. He's yeah. just done you. Ah, he's done me. You know. Bowed. Um, this week, uh, Napoli have been linked with a thirty million pound move for Eddie. Friendship. Where where's that for? 
Okay. Du brænder. I'm happy with that. I'm very happy with that. 30 million, I wouldn't even brush my teeth for that. I don't know if that's a thing. Don't use money to brush your teeth. I thought there was a smell. How dare you? Metally. What would you say? What would you start the negotiations at? Now, you need to obviously factor in the fact that Dembele went for 22. Tierney's went for 25. We look at how Dembele's doing with Leon. Um, is yeah. de- is, would 30 million if that was to be the figure um, this obviously we're, the window is literally just yeah. closed and, and this oh, wouldn't be till next also summer. just to raise one point oh, is, that, is, is that the same Napoli that we're coming in for Kieran Tierney aye? Aye, exactly. yeah, yeah, aye, aye, aye. Aye. I mean Stephen Stephen McGowan was the one who kind of it was in the mail he's came away with a lot of shite during the aye, last window though, so fuck him it's, it's a good hypothetical though like what would Edward go for or what kind of price it is I mean if he yeah. plugged the podcast think, would take it but <laughs> <laughs> um, the important thing I think isn't to say is Eddie as good as Dembele and they're different players um, what leg but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> what leg's the same as Dembele's leg is that the joke yeah that's the joke uh, no I think the point is we broke the 20 million with Dembele and people have seen that that was worthwhile with coming to Celtic. We've broke 25 million with Tierney, and people will see that that's been worthwhile. So now teams know that they have to pay Celtic real money. None of this Mickey Mouse money, none of this Monopoly money. Tell us money. the figure. Stop toying right. with us. Tell uh, us the figure, How Peter. much would I sell Eddie for? Yes. I would, I would try Why to are you selling for... Edward? No, no, we don't want we to. We need to be realistic. No, what's his valuation is what you should be asking. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, I was my You, didn't, you said, what would you sell him for? I said, well, I said, what would he start negotiations at? Uh, based right now in his performances, I think 30 million and a 10% sell on is a good, good start. But once we get to the end of the season... That's gonna have, that's gonna have gone up. That's my you get that's my lock of the week. Is you get an else for sale because you are giving things away for free. Um, Stu, no, what's Stu's hot take? What's Stu's hot take. Oh, I've got a really hot take for you. Um, Edward gets compared a lot to Dembele, and I think I'm actually nervous to say it because I don't want to take any heat for it. But don't say the, it then. the player that remind that I think that Edward reminds Jesus, me of more go. is Larson than Dembele in terms of his overall football and ability. That's I'm not way. suggesting for I a second. Was gonna smile I, I'm not suggesting for a second that they're the same player or that he will achieve the same things. But there's times when a really good example, the first goal in the two one game against them at Celtic Park, where he just runs through, skins people and scores in these one on ones. <clears throat> reminds me a lot more of Larson than it does of Dembele. There's, and his free kicks as well. There's, yeah. there's talk Don't also of uh, Celtic offering uh, Edward a new deal and trying to convince him to, to sign another one. Uh, how, if you were in negotiations, Chris, let's hope you're a lot better than Boud. Um, if you're I didn't realise I was negotiating with you. You just gave him away. 10% sell-on fee. Jesus Christ. Um, if you were going to try and negotiate with Edward to sign a new contract... How, what what would you try and give him? Because he's going to want to leave at some point. Do you say to him, look, sign a new deal for us so that we can get X amount. If that deal, if that, if an offer like that comes in, we'll let you talk. Or well, how China do you go about me? it? Because it would be very luc- lucrative for the club if we could get him to sign a new deal. Because potentially you do might I, get another five do, million do you know, do you know what I know price. What I would genuinely say to him, I would say to him, we will. Triple your wages. If you give us, if you stay for the next two years, we'll triple your wages. If we get ten in a row, we'll give you a one million pound bonus fee. 
one million. One million pound, you'll get that. That that's that's that's, that's safe. In the bank. That's, that's in the safe. bank. That's you sound no like problem. A game show host, not Peter Law. Well, Peter Law will maybe should it be more <laughs> like game show host. No, what I would say to him is I'd say, look, you're twenty one now, stay for two years, we're on the on the verge of history, you make history, we'll triple your wages for two years, one million pound in the bank, that's yours, you can bank that, then we'll sell you for whatever we'll sell you for. Because his valuation is just gonna go up and up and up. The one small thing that he's not done that Dembele did was score goals in the Champions League. That's where there's a small difference because you'll get average players scoring in the Europa League. You don't always get average players scoring in the Champions League. So if we can get him in the Champions League to score goals, then that adds another level. But he's doing it for France. He's doing it consistently for us in uh, a decent enough league. But he's doing it European-wise and he's, he's turning up for the big games. Give him a bo- Give him a bonus. Potent, give him a potential bonus, triple his wages, say you're on the verge of history, son, and we'll sell you in two years' time. I think Eddie's smart enough to n- not only stick around Maybe for not a million. <laughs> That's the negotiating. <laughs> I know. He's just done a Peter Lowell, a classic Peter Lowell. Is that a flip-flop? Deals already? pretty much agreed. Ah, he's flip-flopped, isn't he? Well done. <laughs> sure, well done. Um, Eddie's about to say, maybe not a million. I, I, think Eddie's, a I think Eddie's smart enough to stick around for 10 in a row because I think I think he realises how significant that would be and he would mark his name in, in history. Look, nah. if, if, yes. Kieran, if, if Kieran Tierney wasn't going to do that, then Odson Edwards not going to... Th- I think Eddie would do that. I'm, not, I'm serious. Like, like, the, Eddie like, absolutely actually right. loves the club. <laughs> Um, oh, so you are going oh, to be disappointed. The, so um, yeah, I, I think I think he not only will he stay for the ten, I think he'll also sign a new deal. But I think there will be a caveat of if a club comes in of a certain caliber or a certain price, I think he will be allowed to speak to them. And I think we're we have to enjoy him well well he's here because Absolutely. it's not going to last long. Speaking of valuation, uh, my worry as much as I think that he is worth a 30, 30 million plus, especially when you see the sorts like. Declan Rice was linked with Man United for ninety million pounds. Oh, Jesus, I know. He's but what worries what worries me is that I I fear that when it comes to the price that Edward will go for, it will again be dominated by Celtic being a Scottish team in much the way that the Tierney deal was. That he's worth more, certainly compared to mar- other markets. Um, but that there's only so much that you can ask for as a club like te- Celtic. Te- teams, you know, teams are always. Always pay a wee bit more for a striker as well. Strikers yeah. come at a premium, and I think you know if you've sold, we've ju- literally just sold uh, Kieran Tierney for twenty five million. I really don't see Edward being sold for any less than that. A genuine, I don't see how I, that happens. And we, as well, there's a there's an element of luck with timing as well. See, so I think that kind of twenty five to thirty million is an absolute minimum. But see, if next season there's a few big clubs looking for strikers. Yeah, you could you could work and, in and or, th- or the season after hopefully. And, and, also, and yeah, I also think that Celtic have probably for once had the foresight and they've brought in that Afalabi boy who's probably going to be his successor. He started so, yeah. today looks, for the reserves. Yeah, Arzani came on today for the reserves, oh, and uh, who else? Say uh, O'Connor started for the reserves as well. Yep. So they drew one one. They drew one one, but I, and yeah. it was Oko Flex that got the goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Just to put it out there before people start going tonto on social media and 
forums and stuff. We don't want to sell Edward. We want him to stay. As I long do. As if I we're just trying want money. To I want sell him to be a rich club. I don't care about on field. We want. We want the best. We want the best for him. We want the best for him too. And I'm not saying he's as good as Larson. I'm just saying the similarities well, in his game. Are how right. many goals did Larson score for France under 21? Well, you make an, an excellent point, and I'll, really I'll be point. tweeting that out a lot when people <laughs> come at me for this. <laughs> this uh, this Thursday sees us start our. Uh, the group stages of uh, Europe's premier competition, the Europa League. Um, we are a cup, please. Yep, absolutely. Um, we Thank are in you. a group with um, Rennes, who we play on Thursday, uh, Lazio and Cluj. So before we get to the game itself, Boud, what is your expectations for the competition as a whole and particularly the group stage? How do you think we're going to fare in this group? Yes, it's a tough one. Um, I think Rain, as far as I've seen, are a very, very good side. So I I think a lot of fans are maybe underplaying how good they are and maybe expecting us to get stuff against Rain when I think we've got a better chance of getting points against Lazio. Um, Kluge, Fuck off! That's a hot take. Fucking hell. Is that Bowd Lock of the Week? That is. That's you really had one Lock of the Week. You can only get one a week. Um, no, Bowd can have three. Is that how yeah. it works? You can have three hot takes, I feel like. I think I had one yesterday. You've already had two on this podcast. I, on this podcast. <laughs> I think that the last yeah. one counts for a couple. You yeah. think we've got a better chance? No, um, that's not. I, I get what you're saying to an extent, but do you not think that? Uh, nah, just go. Just speak. Yeah, <laughs> just no, interrupt I just, you for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my head, all football is about twenty years ago. So last year, <laughs> obviously, very good. But no, I, I, I think Cluj. We should get six points against them. Oh, don't say. I, that's my expectation. Okay, right. Fair enough. Um, and then it's just trying to get something off of those two. And I I could see us maybe doing something against uh, Lazio at home. I think, I think we'll beat Lazio at home. I, I, I do. I think we'll beat Lazio at home. I think we'll, beat Re- I think we'll win our home games. Um, I'm not convinced we'll win any of our away games. But that's okay if we get two draws. What, do you, what do you think is a, a points tally that can take us through? I think 10 will take us through. I think I 10 think we will, need the 10 because 10 Cluj, I think, could be a wipeout with the other two. I don't know, Cluj. I mean, we're, 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 we're having a bit of revisionist history. Cluj beat us, scored four goals against us, and Nine. they did really well against us at home. Now, fine. So what I'm saying is... Lennon's lent us lessons. We've got a decent team. No, but what, you're, what I'm saying is I disagree with you that the other, te- the other two teams are yeah, going to it's it's be a wipeout. You said wipeout, though. I said it could be a wipeout, and that's why I think we need 10 points. wipeout. It will, 100% they will lose every game. Not just in the Europa League. <laughs> in, the, in their league, and get relegated. Nil point. Nil point. They might already have points. <laughs> They've got points. The there's going to be some sort ages. of uh, financial thing. They're going to go into liquidation, lose points, boom. Zero points for uh, the season. I, I just think Kluge. that uh, I think we are going to get to the semi-finals of the Europa League. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I didn't realise that we were sitting with uh, volleyball and golly here. <laughs> and Julian. Julian Thank thinks you. we're going to win it. No, correct. Um, I like that they're mates, by the way. They seem like they're tight. Anyway, it's another. I just I want to go in ev- into every competition expecting to Oh, no expectations. That's my, no, you go in with no expectations. As Homer Simpson said, aim so low that even if you succeed, nobody cares. That, that is in <laughs> itself expectations, though. I think that we've all watched Celtic away in Europe for far too long. This season? This season, I know. Uh, to think that, as you say, that there's any necessarily hope or you could say with confidence that we're going to take 
six points off Cluj. I mean, I've said this season, but we've actually smashed the Swedish champions 4-1 away yeah. from home. But Cluj are going to get a backhand. If there's no expectation, what's the point? That's my, that's kind of my point. I mean, what's the point in being in the competition? Would it not just be better to rest during the week and then play the league games? It's just it's about team partly. My my expect my expectation legit. If you want my real expectation is year on year Celtic do better than they did last. So last year we got to the last thirty two. If we get to the last sixteen this year, that's for me. That's great. That's that better. And then if we're in the Europa League next year, or we get to the Champions League and we drop out the group stages. To then go beyond that. If we can just build and build, we, we're not demanding the world. We're not demanding that we get just Celtic to get better yeah, each progress. year. Progress and and last year we got to the last eighty-two. Let's see if we can get to the last sixteen this year. I think that a, a bit of progress would be getting there, essentially under your own steam as well, and and putting in some performances because obviously we were sort of. Did we get out of this group? Really? You, hold on a minute. Are you that negative that you I'm, don't think we're going to get out of this La- group? I think it's a tougher group. Lazio and Ren, who are second in uh, League, League, League One. One. I mean, so? League so we had a harder group last year. Yeah, I would agree that last year. Was last harder. year was a harder group. And we got that. I, group. I just, I think that, I think, Aye, it's a, absolutely. Red Bull Salzburg. Yeah, no, but I think Ren it's a tough and Lazio group. are bigger names. So that's a good point. Names count. Uh, we uh, just for the patrons. Uh, the, we did a preview with uh, Jeremy Smith, who's a well-respected uh, French journalist, and he thinks that it's going to be really, really tight, this group, and he thinks that... He thinks Renz will beat Celtic, but it'll be 2-1, it'll be really, really close, and essentially that it's anyone's game. So let's be a little bit positive. I, t- I, t- I tell you, I'd, my that expectations That preview drops my... on Patreon at 7am on Wednesday morning. My expectations and my hopes for this group are He's that fixed his we... glasses, this is serious. Are that we we try and put in better performances at home. I want to see us try and start actually, you know, not making it. You know, I don't want to go with the cliche of the fortress, but I just want us to really have a bit more pride when we're at home and really take game, games to teams and try and set assert a bit more authority on, regardless of names. It, it doesn't matter who it is. I think we should be winning our home games, and if we win all of our home games, which I know, what in my opinion anyway, I think that's a huge, huge ask. But if we do that and we still don't get through, I'd be, I'd still be pleased and proud of them. To, to be honest with you, I think the fortress thing is something to aim for because automatically a lot of teams will be kind of wary or on the back foot when they come to Celtic Park if they know that. Celtic win at home. Can, can I jump in for a second, right? See, that's an excellent point, right? Because see, when you think about going to, uh, let's say you're drawn in a group with Galatasaray, the first thing you think of is welcome to hell. And, you know, it might not be that fortress it once was, but it might be. And you don't watch a lot of Turkish football. And I'm sure they don't watch a lot, whoever it is, don't watch a lot of Scottish football. And all they'll be thinking about is the time we beat Barcelona or the time that, we, you know, we got to the last 16 or whatever. The fact is, the, the fortress thing is there for a reason. We have a reputation for a reason. And let's just turn up and fucking dominate. I want a, a number from everyone, a target for points. And you were at the toilet when we did this already. <laughs> so, so, well, so, well, I shouldn't go to the toilet, is what is the point. If you want to host, mm. you don't go to the toilet, pal. Ableist. Right, so, what do you want me to do? Piss myself? Yes. Prepare before. 10 points. He's doing my fucking nine. 10 points. <laughs> 
ten points. Ten points. Th- we all How'd... fell on ten points. Ten points was yeah, a... ten points. Yeah. It was a great conversation, lads. It was a really good. Yeah, I'd say really... six points, brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need six points to qualify. Are you okay, Louis? Oh, have, we you will had, get have you, have you had a bad week? I, I just I'm looking forward to the podcast you're not on, to be honest with you. <laughs> um so I've been nothing but supportive to your endeavours into hosting. I'm just giving you some odd criti- criticism. This is what I've had deserve. to put up with for years, Louis. I know. Welcome to the club. I know. He took a um, he went for a piss during the podcast. How am I the bad how guy? How dare here? I? Twenty nine year old gone for a piss. I Guys. should have a word on myself. Anyway, Stu, um <laughs> You're the, ruining my podcast, come on. The game on uh, the game on Thursday, how do you approach it? Uh, I would like to see them perhaps approach it in a similar way to the Rangers game where they were quite compact yeah. and they sort of picked their moments to, to break. <clears throat> I think they have to be... Uh, I talked about it a little bit um, yesterday that I think that they'll want to try and play slightly further up the pitch because Celtic are very prone to be in their own worst enemy, whether it's a, a defensive mistake or a slack pass or losing the ball in a stupid area of the pitch. And I think that Lennon will recognise that and won't want to necessarily encourage and invite pressure on. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the long punt play for territory, Edward sort of kick off. But I would think that they would like to play in a similar sort of way to they did at Ibrooks. Wren are currently second in uh, Ligue 1, as we said, after five games. And they're behind PSG by two points. They drew be breast um, at the weekend. Yep. Held the, by breast. Um, One of their main main players is a teenager called by the name of Kamavinga, who has been absolutely sensational so far. um, So so was so was Harry Cochrane until Scott Brown took care of him. Am I right, Bowdy? Thank you. Well. Um, and they also have a record signing in Rafinha that they just signed for, I think it was 20 million or yeah, just over 20 million. He's only played um, one game though, he only played, he only made his debut the, on Saturday. Yeah, in the game, and that was 0-0 that, that last uh, league game. So, but I mean, their quality opposition. What worries me a little bit is that they, all the optics on them say that they play a 5-3-2. Yeah. We spoke to the journalist yesterday who said they play a 5-3-2 and I watched a clip with Neil Lennon earlier and he was like, they play a three-five-two. I'm like, no, they don't. They don't. Yeah. Everyone's saying they don't. Please don't think that. That's not how they're going to set up. No, he, I mean, he was quite. He was quite. Uh, Jeremy was saying it's five. It, you know, and you look at when people play a five, you think, well, the the, the kind of wing backs will be pushed up, but they don't. They sit really flat. They play a possession based game, and they essentially they'll have the ball. We're not going to have a lot of the ball yesterday. Um, tomorrow. Oh, sorry, Thursday. Thursday. We're not going to have a lot of the ball, which is probably fine if you look at how we played at Ibrox. Rangers had more possession than us. How we kind of, how we break is going to be key. And I think the key player in our squad for this game is Moy. I think Moy could be <clears throat> a bit of a difference maker. That's no disrespect to, to MJ. I think MJ is going to be terrific. MJ doesn't have the experience that Moy has um, at Europa League level specifically. So, yeah, it's about getting in behind and it's about breaking as quickly as we get the ball because they're going to push up slowly. They're not going to kind of press us really high up. They're just going to push up the pitch slowly. We need to break and get in behind us as quickly and as often as possible. Well, if the game at, at Hamilton was arguably our strongest 11, what, who do you change and why going into this one? I think you possibly do just play the same team. Um, the only... Uh, the only place I'm thinking you could change up. I think the defence is as strong as it's going to be. It's our best defence, I think. Yeah. Um, 
I say McGregor, McGregor did look tired, and again, you could. I don't think you'd S Brown for this, but potentially in Cham coming in could be something. And Moyes playing. Mikey Johnson is fit again, is that right? Or is it. Uh, I think he's. he's, I think he'll be fit for this game, put it that way. But But as you say, Moy has that experience at this level. And. This is going to be great. I think Moy coming in is going to be great for Mikey Johnson's development. I know people might see him as a direct replacement, but it's not about that. It's about a squad game. And I think Moy will be. very, very good. Speaking of squads, the one thing that we've not discussed is that Jozo Simunovic and Neil Beaton are both injured. So, Jozo is potentially out until Christmas. Yeah. Um, so the cover is really El Hamid playing at centre half with Bauer playing right back if something happens to Ayer or Julien during the game, which is a bit annoying. That's fine by me. It's fine by me as well, but it's just annoying that that's. Yeah, and I mean, then two of your centre halves being injured. I mean, you can't you can't, can't just every, them. every single year. I don't think there's been a year in the last six seasons we haven't had two centre backs injured at the yeah. same time. Jozo yeah. Simonovic was you, never yeah. going to be reliable in terms of fitness. He's never been consistently fit. Um, Beton's not a centre half anyway, um, but you know he's had injury injury. Oh, he was out for a year. Is, o- is O'Connor in the squad? The European squad. He's one of the B. Yes. Uh, so will he travel, do you think? I, I don't know. He played he today. Play today, he played today. So I don't know if he'd be an option, to be fair. But, um, I mean, if they do start with the same team, I think that would that must be the first time that we've had the same 11 start two consecutive games in a while. Probably, definitely this season, I would think. Yeah, yep. definitely this season, I'd say, yeah. Um, does, you know. Because obviously there has been a, there's been a lot of chopping and changing. Um, quick score prediction. Go around the table, Chris. Uh, I think it'll be a two-each draw. I think we'll uh, score, concede, score, concede. Fine. Two-each two draw. Perfect. Personally, I think 1-1. One, one. Bowed? Uh, I usually just say Celtic will do something, but I think I'll be honest and say I think they'll, they'll win 2-1. Fuck up! Oh well, thanks for coming on the Celtic podcast, <laughs> uh, Stu. I think it'll be an 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 an. And then that pretty much takes us into the weekend. So at the the weekend we're playing Kilmarnock um, at home. And just a, a quick note before the game, there's going to be a food bank collection. Um, obviously, it's, it's the kind of usual stuff that's encouraged if you could bring the um, tins and things like that along. Yeah. There's going to be different points around the stadium to, to drop things off. Obviously, um, the, I'm sure the cynics that are going to the game will, will all be contributing something, but it's obviously a great cause and hopefully everybody can get behind that before the game. Yeah, we all will retweet stuff on social media and get the, the message out there yeah. as well. Um, so the the game against Kilmarnock, obviously it's going to be, will be promoted and then it'll be discussed um, a number of times uh, on the, the Patreon um, brief thoughts on just purely from the point of view obviously we've got the game on Thursday it's always a big question mark when you come back after Europe, do you rotate the squad how much do you rotate the squad by could there be an opportunity for the likes of Greg Taylor to come in and Ooh. stake a claim? Ordinarily I would say yes but given that it's his old team i don't think that. Oh, I love rubbing their faces in it. I know. I just don't. I, I don't think it. that Lennon would put. I think that just puts him under it more pressure than is necessary. I think that. Am I right in thinking the Thistle games on the following Wednesday? Wednesday yeah, yeah. I think that you'll see Taylor play there. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. And I think that for some members of the squad, 
like Taylor, maybe like Bauer, that's the sort of game that you'll maybe see them in. Whereas I think that the Kilmarnock game is definitely an opportunity for your Enchams, your Rogic's, Griffiths, players like that. Shved's injured at the moment and yeah. doesn't seem to have a strip. Yeah, but, seems to me. You know what I mean? Those kind of players, Mikey Johnson, these are sort of games where you want fresh legs after a game on Thursday and you, you have exciting players that you can bring in and give them an opportunity. I, th- I think, personally, I think the likes of uh, Bio and, and Rogic should get a game. Bio's one where, obviously, he scored those two goals, and I think when you've got a striker that's got a couple of goals, you want to keep him hungry, you want to keep him kind of fresh. I think that would be a chance to put him in if he's not going to play on Thursday. I mean, he might get a wee cameo appearance, but by all means, obviously, it'll be Eddie that starts. I think it's a good opportunity, again, at Parkhead, try and get him a couple of goals. Um, and, obviously, Tom Project's going to have to get minutes to, to get his fitness up. Uh, Bowd, would you would you rotate? I would definitely rotate. I'm torn whether I'd want two changes in the middle of the park when Cham and Roderick both coming in, but at the same time, they are quality footballers. Let's are. not kid on their. Um, it's not it's not a drop in quality. We have also said that Brown cannot play. Yeah, every Brown single needs a game, rest. So Gregor needs a rest. Yeah. So I probably would bring both those in. I'd be tempted to maybe give bio minutes. One of those, Edwards, obviously our most important player, pretty much. So, I, yeah, you probably bring those three in. Maybe Mikey Johnson. At that point, you're maybe pushing it too far with changes. Um, Don't tell me who. I'm it's too far, or maybe one in the middle. And as we were saying, either give Taylor a wee game or give. Uh, the right back, whether it's from Pong or Bauer, a wee game as well. Chris, although we obviously hope that he loses the game at the weekend, what's your thoughts on Angelo Alessio and how he's he's been treated since he came into Scottish football? It's good to see him picking up wins. Obviously, one at the weekend there, and you know, yeah, I think show people up for their xenophobia. You know, I yeah. think it's standard sort of uh, boys' club Scottish mainstream media in bed with these fucking hack footballers, guys like Kirk Broadfoot, all the you know Keith Jackson sitting around getting a text from Kirk Broadfoot saying this guy's a wank as I'm no playing, so can you write about it? Uh, it's just the same old bullshit. Um, and the fact is, you know, he might not be great. He might he might end up being a crap manager, but you got to give the guy a chance. And and, and and the fact is, you know, a lot of the players are now coming out saying, actually, do you know what? He's really good. You haven't actually asked us. Um, you've spread rumours about us, but, you know, the fact is he's, he's quite new to this whole thing. So how about you fucking give him a chance? And I don't think it mattered who came in. Steve Clark had Kilmarnock overperforming, so it was always going to be tough um, coming in to replace him. Um, yeah, no, that, that's that's um, but it, it's the standard bearer of what Scottish mainstream sports media is. Anyone that's different is yeah. bad. Ronnie Dyla was bad. Alessio was bad. Pedro you know, Cachinha. Pedro Cachinha. Like All right, there's me. occasionally when you compare Pedro to their other managers, he wasn't yeah. any worse. Well, it, it, but you've they, had they've, a better record than Gerard for a bit last season, did he not? Yeah, but they they, they make their mind up not based on. They probably make their mind up based on the fact that uh, this guy's as well. Absolutely, what better proverbs as well? That see that that's a literal translation. So he he wasn't being an absolute fan down or anything. That's just a literal translation of of what was being said. They get English isn't the guy's first language, so let's make a fucking tit of him. So that, uh, it's, it's a lot. I, I I just find the whole I, I find it horrific, and uh, I'm not surprised. I met Pedro Cusinha a good few times. Uh, he came into my work a lot and <clears throat> his lack of a grasp of 
Rangers as a club or Scottish football in general was staggering. They got knocked out of the <laughs> Scottish Cup by Motherwell and he came in the next day and was drinking bottles of champagne <laughs> and had a big seafood platter that cost £100. Because he and was a good guy. He was an undercover guy. agent. Was he a good tipper? Uh, I think he was alright. He was nice enough. He was always quite happy. Oh, good but, yeah. God bless him. Um, stuck in a hedge. Poor <laughs> <For> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Before uh, before we finish up, very quickly, some uh, questions from Twitter. Um, Andrew uh, Angus, I think we've... He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a great, great man himself. Um, I think we've more or less answered his question. He said for Rens on Thursday, same team as Saturday, or in Cham in the 10 space with Forrest left and Christy right. I think probably we'd all agree it's pretty much the same team. Um, Max Halliday, hopefully no relation of Andy, he says uh, SPL teams should be told grass pitches only next season or they will be automatically relegated. Thoughts? Aye, that's drastic. But um, Just get a bet. There should be a standard. There should be a standard. And I suppose the problem is, and it always has been with these pitches coming in, the cost of upkeep of grass pitches and the weather in Scotland that's kind of the main thing isn't it that's the, the thing the, I think if you because surely our, there should, should be subsidies or something from the you know the, the powers I, that be to, to, to improve to the quality the quality I, of the league yeah, yeah absolutely agree. absolutely I don't I'm not necessarily necessarily against clubs having um, artificial pitches as you said or weather isn't great you see places like Norway who do it really well but yeah there has to be yeah, you, you need to change this every so often or it needs to be at this level. Yeah. Um, you can't just put it in and leave it for five years. That's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, um, Liam King says the panel's opinion on Edward being the 2020 Ballon d'Or winner. I look forward to it and I hope he mentions Celtic in his speech. <laughs> I've got my mortgage on it, which is a negative equity, so I don't know if that means <laughs> I owe them money. <laughs> uh, he's he's some boy, by the way. He's, he's going to win it one day, aren't he? He's, he's going to win something. Uh, I don't... Hopefully it'll be the 10. It'll be good if uh, him and Dembele play up front for France. And then they score in the World Cup final and they both rip their tops off and their Celtic tops. Yeah. Oh my God, Celtic have won the World Cup. And then Bruni comes in, he, he punches them at the, the guy and he's like, he's it! And it's pure amazing. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Um, again, if you could, if you could subscribe to the Patreon, subscribe to iTunes and leave us a review and if you haven't done so already follow us on every possible social media channel including Flipboard that you can that you can find um, Bout? Been an absolute pleasure Great. I great thought you were great, I'm going to rate everyone, I thought you were a solid 7 out of 10 you were more serious bout tonight. <laughs> Look at his face. More serious <laughs> bout tonight than uh, comedy bout. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, Stu, 10 out of 10. 10 yes. out of 10. Well, I'll take that. Thanks. Chris? Uh-oh. Go on. A strong 8. Thank you very much. Appreciate Fuck that. off. <laughs> and I'm the worst. <laughs> yes. Shit. <laughs> I take um, that blue, you were a terrible host. I'll take it back. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to give myself a, a considered five. Oh, um, okay, he's, he's pulled it back. Are you okay, Louis? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, we'll talk afterwards. I want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, nah, it's all the cameras pointing in my face. <laughs> um, anyway, I've been your host, Louis McCaffrey, and we will speak to you down the street.